Hey, guess what, Jolyn? What's up? It's showtime. <laughs> I mean, the time flew. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, we're already live. Hey, y'all. Yes, we are. <laughs> well. It's been a minute. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. Well, technically, we never let you. So we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're here. All right. Well, we got a lot to get into today. Like, for sure, for sure. Like, you know, for some folks, it's going to feel like a throwback. For other folks, it's going to feel like, oh, wow, what's this? Um, and then on top of that, we get to we get to do some pretty cool things today. So let's get into it. Without further ado, what's up, everybody? I'm Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-creator, and all things galactic. Give it up for none other than the wonderful. It's Jill and seeing the place to be. What does it, cousins, on this fine Tuesday evening? <laughs> and welcome to executive education where essentially our goal is to give you a ton of great information that you can turn around tomorrow and do some pretty cool things with the very next day so without further ado because we got a lot to get into go ahead and cue that intro for us All right. All right. All right. It's like, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we got a lot to get into, Jolyn. But, you know, shout outs to the cousins that have joined us this evening, whether you're watching from LinkedIn or you're watching via through YouTube. Uh, we welcome you. And if you're new, welcome. We got a lot to get into. So for those of you that know how we do it, be sure to hit the like button. If you're new, go ahead and hit the like button anyways, and go ahead and hit subscribe because there's a ton of great content there for you. Uh, and then on top of that, if you want to be in the know, just like who was it in the chat? Shout outs to Shar with the high cousins. Hi. Hey, we are out here. So if you want us to shout you out in the next video, go ahead and make sure that you have your notification bell turned on. All right, Jolyn, we got yeah. a lot to get into today, but of course, you know, I would be remiss if we didn't quickly talk about it, uh, this Apple situation. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> it was a good day. It was a very good day. Um, you know, I think that honestly, it was a very good day for like in multiple different ways. You know, Apple definitely knocked it out of the park on the ESG forefront. I love that uh, segment that they did with Octavia Spencer. Uh, I hope that they do more of those because it was like, you know, you're raising your production level up a little bit and I'm here for it. Um, let's see here. And I want to make sure is my audio good? Cause I was freezing up a little bit. So, okay. We're good. All right. So Apple had an amazing an amazing and amazing, amazing, uh, day today. You know, there was a lot of chatter talking about Apple was going to raise its prices across its entire iPhone lineup. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. Uh, which goes to show you once again that they still have pricing power, though that they did one little thing as it pertains to raising the uh, the price of the iPhone Pro Max by a hundred bucks. But at the same token, they gave you, it's pretty much the same pricing. They just got rid of the 128 gigabyte model. And I think that honestly, all phones should really do that when you think about how much data that people consume or utilize these days. 
um, and how much applications themselves, like your average application takes away about 500 to roughly a gigabytes on the low side. So on your phone. Um, so that's that's very, very interesting. But of course, you know, the watch, you know, it kind of played towards the heartstrings towards a lot of folks. Uh, when they first jumped out out of the gate, like and how much it saved people's lives. And then on top of that, the satellite services. I think that that's actually an unsung hero. Like, honestly, real talk. Um, very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, and I think the thing that really stole the show was definitely they're taking a whole new stab, a whole new direction as it pertains to cameras. I really believe that mirrorless and DSLR cameras are in trouble, uh, for sure, after what we saw from today's event, you know, and what you can do with the type of devices like iPhones. So and then on top of that, they now made it available now that they brought in USB type C because everybody expected Apple to walk into this event with the USB type C given the whole EU situation. But Apple really stepped this game up and said, you know what? We'll raise you. <laughs> we'll raise you. We'll raise the chips. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a call here. And what they did was, I think that a lot of people didn't realize this, and it actually had me say it on Twitter. Like, you know, excuse my language for anybody who's under 18. Oh, um, but, um, it was pretty much a holy shit moment. Like, honestly, it was really that kind of moment because, um, really, like the fact that what you can do with your iPhone. So you can literally be filming your iPhone now and literally have it connected to like a device and it can literally record directly to an external hard drive or it can record directly to a Mac device. Uh, so imagine what that looks like, especially utilizing those types of cameras. Now they already started that with like the, like you could FaceTime using your iPhone, but yet using it on a different device so you can set it up as a webcam. But like the fact of now they're making the iPhone more utilitarian and now starting to open up the door towards the other devices that can now start to take in and steal the show. That's amazing. Bringing gesture control into the watch. I, I tweeted also, I think that this is going to be huge when the uh, the Vision Pro goggles come out, where it's like you can now do gestures without having to use an actual, you know, you don't have to use the joysticks like you use on MetaQuest uh, mm -hmm. devices. So I you can definitely see that like things are starting to line up. So I think that the thing to watch next year is definitely going into probably the January, February Apple events alongside with WWDC. That's probably going to set the stage across the entire board. So, uh, and then on top of that, it just lets you know that services revenue is probably getting ready to go in a massive boom uh, within Apple. So for those, and, and it's like the beautiful thing is they tied it very beautifully for both investors as well as for your, your just your standard consumers. On the investor standpoint, you know, that whole part of, as it pertains to renewable products and getting, you know, net positive by 2030 and the fact that a lot of their devices are already there. You have to think about it like this. If they're able to do that with recycling a lot of those materials with their devices, then that lets you know that they don't have to spend that type of money to go out there and create like the new materials for those things. They can just recycle those. And then essentially their profit margins only just get better. So besides the raise their prices on their devices, the only thing that's going to go up is their profit margins. So that's the thing to definitely watch. And then and of course, services revenue, we out here in traffic. <laughs> yeah. And that pricing power is so key, Mark, because if you're literally able to control the price that you're offering to consumers, and then it looks like you're doing consumers a solid when you don't have to raise the price yet, Correct. you're still making money because you're using all recycled parts. Like, Oh, there was another thing. One more thing. 
Okay. <laughs> one more thing. So one more they thing. also raised the iCloud from I think it was two terabytes to now it's at six terabytes and twelve terabyte services. So Huge. about that though, because from what I heard that took place at the event when they announced that. It was a standing ovation inside the room. So, of course, we as the viewers that were watching from YouTube or, or from Apple's website, we couldn't see that. But everybody who was there, shout out to MKBHD, who, who kind of announced it. Mm -hmm. It was literally a standing ovation for like a solid 20 to 30 seconds. So it lets you know that there's a lot of folks out there that have to now get into storage management just so that way they cannot have to run run it over their iCloud. Mm -hmm. Well, now Apple just said, you know what? Normally, I don't do this, but... uh. Go ahead and keep the party going. So, well, that's dope. I mean, it's an alignment, Mark, with like all the devices that they're coming out with, like, you know, the whole um, pro experience. It makes sense to increase storage. So that's correct. Nice. All right. So, I mean, that's my recap. I mean, if you're wondering like where my insight is as it pertains to Apple, I mean, of course, they're the stalwart of the market. So, again, I've always said Apple is not going anywhere. They're one of the major pillars towards technology. And it's good to see that essentially they don't always have to be the first ones there, but they just have to be the best. And the beautiful thing I love about Apple is everybody's always like, well, is this the iPhone killer or anything like this? When Apple comes out with a product, who do they have to really compete with? Like, who are they saying that they're literally trying to outdo? There's nobody. So when you have that type of power within the marketplace, Though that we see a lot of other innovative devices and everything else, I think that the beautiful thing about them is that they're seeing it more so from a logistics and supply chain standpoint, which they're unmatched there. And then on top of that, the growing services revenue that they build around the devices. I mean, of course, the devices are still going to be expensive, but yet at the same token, they're going to last. And then on top of that, the services that surround it are going to be pretty much top notch. So again, um, where I'm looking at it, I definitely see like looking at it right now, given the whole China situation as it pertains to the Chinese government, like, you know, banning iPhones. I think that that's more so dealed with the Huawei release of their device, you know, because at the same time that they brought out their device, China came out with this announcement. I think that China is also a major backer to Huawei as it pertains to like, you know, funding. So I can see how that works. Um, but honestly, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really psyched out about that whole situation. So I definitely see that there's nothing but clear skies ahead for the stock unless, you know, of course, given inflation and all those other types of things and consumer, the, the weakening of the consumer. If the consumer stays at, you know, basic or average, I think that Apple is going to do just fine, especially given their subsidization power with uh, uh, carriers. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> We get we get in the show. We get in the show now. Like that's it, y'all. I'm I'll done, see you later. done. No, but we need We're to done. talk about, you know, this look back situation. Um, this has been first of all, Mark, when we think about the rolling fours, like so it's been four years, yep. you know. And the timing of it all, you know, be, this being the last year that we're live on yep. Tuesdays. Yep. Um, I mean, we're still going to be here, y'all. I still got to reiterate that. We're still going to be here. We're just not going live on Tuesday, but we will release content on Tuesday. So, but anyway. Um, so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. So when we're looking back, Mark, where did it all yes. started? Jess. <laughs> where did it all started with the rolling fours and that genius um, strategy um, that had built in discipline and just built in. Um, I think the biggest thing that was built in was discipline um, yep. for sure. 
So let's get into it. Let's just get into it. Yeah. So, all right. So pretty much, you know, I kind of felt inspired because I've, I've actually like, I've, I felt inspired by, you know, quite a few of you who have written me messages, you know, whether in my DMs or, you know, social media, whatever it is. And just, you know, here we are four years later and, you know, I'm getting a lot of just thank yous. Like, you know, one of the things that I have to say is thank you. And, you know, honestly, the come up series is only as strong as the people in whom which that, you know, watch it and also take in the information and also do something with it. Um, so we applaud you. You know, we knew something. We were inspired by something in which that we'll get into. Um, and I'll kind of like allude to a little bit of the secret sauce behind some of the things in which that we do here at the come up series. Um, but yeah, it was really like inspired by each and every single one of you, um, out there. So it was kind of like, you know, like I said, each and every single one of you are our inspiration. So when we feel inspired by you guys, we are able to create some pretty cool, amazing things. So, and that's where the, where the rolling forest came from. And let's, let's get into the presentation, shall we? Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and cue that screen up. Uh, shout outs to Levic in the background for hey. doing some pretty amazing, awesome things. Um, all right. So Rolling Forest, uh, a.k.a. The Look Back, it was always it's always been about legacy. Uh, one of the things that you've kind of noticed from us, no matter what, you know, that's always been, you know, that's always been the mantra for us. It's always been about legacy. It's always been about community. It's always been about culture. And, you know, those things. We still haven't shied from those things. We've stayed core to those things here at the Come Up series. Um, and in 2020 or something like that, you know, it's been so long. We created this episode where, you know, it was kind of like talking about a new world rebuilt and just helping each and every single one of the folks that were watching that day really just reimagine what what life, what what a world could look like if you literally had, you know, taken the canvas of the tools in which that you currently have, whether it's your income and all this other stuff. And what would that look like if you could literally put that towards action and this literally create and paint the brush and, you know, from one side to the other and, and see what wealth would look like as it pertains to your image versus what societal images have placed in front of you? What would that look like? Um, and so that's ultimately how we that's ultimately how we got started with it. And so I don't know if the presentation is still running on this end. Let's see. Is it? It's just you it's see the next slide. No, I don't see the next slide. OK, so let's go ahead and restart this presentation. Uh, let's see here. Let's try that again because it's kind of phenomenal, but it's still on slide one. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to redo it. I'm okay. going to bring it back up for everybody. See, look at that. Canva is like, you know, Hey y'all give me a break. Oh, that's why Canva had to do an update. Oh, well, you know, um, I just want to shout out, uh, cousin Ahmed. He said he's still <laughs> rolling after all this time. Still rolling. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. It always does a mentor proud when essentially that he sees that, you know, the first, the person that he's had the privilege of, you know, just being in the room with and being able to, you know, break bread and share life with that essentially that they're doing well. So shout outs to you, Ahmed. Um, let's see here. All right, let's we're going to try this one more time. Let's see if it gets some act right. And let's see if you guys can see it. Yeah, I see, I see slide one. OK, can you see it? Slide one. Yeah. Yeah. Slide two. Mm -hmm. OK, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of energy that they're on today, but uh, pretty much. All right. So here's the discussion uh, outline. We're going to break it up. And for those of you that know me well, you know that this is the world that I come from. And, you know, speaking of Amit, he'll he'll definitely understand in which that I come from. So pretty much the problem, 
we're going to discuss the problem. We're going to discuss the solution. And then, of course, we're going to discuss the market opportunity. And then, of course, we'll get into raising the bar, um, which is, you know, a, a strong objective of mine as we get into really 2024. So um, there's that part. All right. So let's discuss the problem. Right. Yeah. You know. You know, the problem is, and I'll just read it for the folks in whom which they'll probably be listening to this via podcast. So we as a people have always known about the problems that have plagued um, our community for so long, uh, whether lack of access to knowledge, resources, etc. It's kind of like, you know, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said it, except that he used it in a different context as it pertains to racism. It's like, you know, the problem, the way I look at it is it's kind of like the dust when you're sitting in the room with a sun ray. You could we can all see the dust in the room. Essentially, it's just a matter of like, OK, hey, well, what is it that we do with the dust? And so when we think about that problem, uh, we kind of break it into a few things. Right, Jolyn? Mm-hmm. Um, one, inconsistent uh, investing, you know, where many individual investors struggle with timing the market, often investing in lump sums and inappropriate and opportune t- uh, moments or letting capital remain idle, which leads to missed opportunities or unfavorable entry points, market volatility and all those other things like that's from the trading standpoint, you know, and but, you know, let's go a little bit deeper into the problem, because, you know, this is ultimately how we saw it from from the jump. The ultimate problem is nobody talked about it. Nobody provided solutions or wanted to work together without motives or ego. I'll say it again for the people in the back. Nobody talked about it. Nobody provided solutions or wanted to work together without motives or ego. This has been the ultimate problem as it pertains to the ultimate blocker towards us reaching some type of solution or resolve or success, you know, and and, and I'm about to go a little bit deeper. So I'm, I'm going to let you all know, like it, the, now that we're coming close to the end of our lives and that like executive education is coming to its close. You all are now seniors now. And if you're not, then essentially, if you're new, then, you know, hey, you're going to understand how we punch. And so today I get to take the gloves off and I've been waiting for a very long time to do this. So let's 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 talk about some facts, shall we? Median net worth of uh, black households was just twenty four thousand one hundred dollars compared to the one hundred eighty eight thousand two hundred dollars for white households. Assets over liabilities, you know, nearly one in four black households had either negative net worth or no assets at all. Read that again. We talk Read yeah, that so again. assets over liabilities. Mm-hmm. Nearly one in four black households had either negative net worth or no assets at all. Zero. And then when we think about the stock market, only th- 33% of black families own stocks compared to 61% of their white uh, counterparts. Now, all- this is this is data that's brought to you in part by the Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances, uh, and the Household of Economics and Decision Making. And a report by FINRA, Investor Education uh, Foundation. Here comes another cold staggering stat. I hope you guys are braced for this one. Get ready. Blacks represent 13.6% of the U.S. population, but only 4.3% of its household is wealth. So let, let's, let's, let's do a breakdown of this, shall we? Let's, let's do a breakdown. So in 2021, like that was the most recent, like, you know, data point in which that we were able to pull uh, 45.1 million black Americans representing the 13.6% of the total U.S. population. So the total U.S. household wealth was $141.7 trillion. That's the total U.S. population as it pertains to wealth. And then the black households represented 4.3%. which represents $6.1 trillion. So the 4.3% uh, figure represents the share of the U.S. wealth held by Black Americans. Uh, to estimate the number of wealthy Black Americans, you take 4.3% of the 45.1 million, 
And that leads us to approximately 1.94 million black folks here in America are wealthy. So that's $6.1 trillion out of $141.7 trillion in the U.S. Now, okay, so people are going to be like, all right, well, Mark, well, you know, let's do a breakdown because I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going on this one. So let's talk about it, like, because I'm going to I'm going to break it down into a few things as it pertains to where is it that, you know, the where these things where we can kind of see these things lurking. So let's talk about housing. Now, of course, we know about redlining and its history and everything else. I get it. But black homeowners put around 50 to 60 percent of their income towards housing costs compared to similar earning uh, white homeowners. So we understand the disparities there. But let's also look at some of the things in other arenas, like, for example, retirement. White households spend nearly three times more of their incomes on retirement savings compared to black households earning similar salaries. These are all similar salaries. Education. White families allocate almost three times more dollars towards education beyond high school for their children compared to black families with comparable earnings. Investments. White households invest over four times as much of their incomes in stock, mutual funds, rental property, and other assets compared to black households in the same pay scale. Uh, Insurance. White households spend significantly more on various insurance policies such as life, disability, and property insurance compared to similar earning black households. And then debt payments. Black households dedicate 50% more of their incomes towards debt payments like student loans, car loans, and credit cards than comparable white households. So it's also important to note the context of this, which, you know, we all- That is correct. The structural um, racism and things that were put in place, written into law to yep. um, that resulted in these disparities. So we, you know, we, that context is very important to note. And then at the same time, to see just the data is wild. Staggering, right? Staggering. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I want to get into that a little bit more, right? Because I want to talk a little bit more as it pertains to a little bit more as it pertains to like consumption. Mm -hmm. Because I just talked about like, you know, where is it that we spend and everything else? Well, here are some interesting things as it pertains to what we what we saw. And that data as it pertains to consumer dollars, as it pertains to black consumer dollars in the U.S. So according to Nielsen, the annual buying power of black consumers in 2021 was estimated to 1.4 trillion. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this represents 9 to 10% of total U.S. consumer spending, while black Americans represent about 13.6% in total U.S. population. Uh, black buying power has been steadily growing uh, over the past several years, increasing 30% from 2010 to 2021 after adjusting uh, for inflation. However, the average black household spends more of its income on goods and services compared to white households at similar income levels. For every $1 in disposable income that a white, ho- that a white household spends, a black household spends 90 cents. Mm. And here's the thing. It's like, I'm you know, this was ultimately our inspiration, like, because we had this, we were looking at this, like, we were looking at this data <laughs> before. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like, when it came time for us, like, literally thinking about, like, okay, hey, how is it that we could put together a solution for us? You know, like, what was it? What's the solution? Like, how is it digestible as it pertains to a solution? How do we make those things work? You know, yeah. that was ultimately the blueprint as it pertains to looking at all the problems that surrounded us and then looking at, okay, hey, these are the problems. Now, what is it that we can do to solve it? So we came up with a solution, especially one that comes with anti-raggedy portfolio support. I had to throw would, that in there right now. As one would state by one, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so here we go. Our solution came with a set of rules that can be implemented. And that was the ultimate goal. We wanted to make sure that whatever the rules that we set forth, could it be implemented? Could it be executed on? And so ultimately we said, okay, hey, make it 70-30, 60-40, 50-50 as it pertains to a savings plan. So save money by setting aside capital for your wealth plan. Now, if you've seen wealth rituals and you understand what wealth plans are, but JoLynn, would you like to give us a little bit of context behind that? Yeah. So if we're thinking about your money plan, right, we don't use the B word, but well, I don't use the B word budgets because it just sounds so lackluster and it sounds restricted. So I look at it as your money plan and a couple episodes back and throughout the whole uh, series, we've talked about um, the importance of treating your dollars like employees. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when you're every month or before the next month enters. So like right now, what is today's date? Today is the 12th. So like around this time, maybe the 15th or so, you're going to start creating your money plan for the following month. So um, with that, you want to know exactly where every single dollar is going. And with the 70-30, that's aspirational. If you can get your expenses to 30% of your income and have 70% to invest, um, you will change the game. You just will. But, you know, maybe you're starting off with 50-50. So first, get a baseline of how much of your income is actually ex- like going towards expenses and then how mm-hmm. much you have available for investing for the future. So it's almost like if you broke it down time-wise, it would be like, what's present? What's for the future? Past doesn't exist. So you can literally start from a clean slate. So think about where you're at right now. Once you know what that baseline is, set a goal to get as close as possible to 70-30, if not meeting it or much less. Um, that might in- that might involve cutting your expenses. I prefer making more money over cutting expenses, but that's just me. So um, you could do both. You can cut expenses and increase your income. And, you know, this whole season, Mark, we've been talking about um, executive education and businesses and startups, you know, yep. so some of y'all may need to have a business on the side, a hobby, whatever it is, but whatever you got to do to increase income, do that. And then do that times 20. Um, it's not about multiple income streams. It's about multiple income teams. That is the key, multiple income teams. So link with like minds to um, get your money, your money plan together. We'll talk more about that later, but just for right now, just focus on what is your baseline at currently? And then now we're going to talk about moving into, let's say, okay, congratulations. You're, we'll start with 60, 40. So your expenses are 40%, but your, um, the amount left over from your income is 60. And that's the amount that you're going to um, use for this next section on what we're, what's called the rolling fours. Yeah. And pretty much the rolling fours in which that it was pretty much inspired by all of this was every quarter deploy capital into the market, whether option leaps uh, or just buying stock, de- depending on however it is that you saw. Like it was just the fact that you put money out there into the market to ultimately start working. And don't get me don't get me wrong. We're going to show you still that that wonderful blueprint that essentially people still follow that is still in existence. But and then the goal is keep building, build retirement, buy real estate, start a company. Now for me, I'm not really a real estate investor at all. Um, like honestly, that's just not my swag. My thing is always in the form of startups. You know, I like, you know, having the opportunity of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times EBITDA and literally something in which that I was able to create with a set of founders or whatever it is and ultimately grow from there. And ultimately, that's that's really my objective. 
alongside with the stock market. And then ultimately that literally fuels everything for me. Uh, but when we think about it, it's ultimately about just getting out of the rat race. You know, the ultimate objective here, if you didn't hear anything of what we're saying is get out of the rat race at all costs. Now, of course, you can still work your you can still work in nine to five and everything else. But it's like you're working in nine to five with a whole different set of mindset or with a whole different mantra, whereas it once started off as it pertains to your survival. But now it's like you do it because of the fact that it's a place of enjoyment. You enjoy doing what you do and you love learning and you love growing. And then at the same token, you like building passive income on the side. So passive income is greater than expenses. That's ultimately how you get out of the rat race. So when your passive income is greater than your expenses, you are no longer in the rat race. You can still keep doing what you're doing, but yet at the same token, you're just in a whole different type of conversation now. That's where it turns into from nine to five to now it's like, okay, or from average to now you've built some wealth. And, it, and notice that it didn't really take that much, but at the same token, it took a few things. So like, for example, when we talk about how does one save, cut back on non-essential expenses, don't worry, you won't miss them. Money plan, like Jolene has says, do you have one? If you don't, how much are you making and spending? It really comes down to that. And ultimately, how does that work? And then on top of that, when we say be disciplined, stand on your word. You know, that's the other thing. It's like many times we come forth with a lot of like great ideas and everything else. But what great is the idea if you can't stand on it? Yeah, Mark, you know, I do want to say um, the part about standing on your word um, and, you know, being disciplined in that regard. Um, one of the things that helped me out early on in this wealth building journey was if there were things that I wanted to buy and it didn't make it into my money plan, meaning that the dollar was not allocated for it and it was something yep. that I saw that I wanted, I literally had to wait until 30 days to get it. Like if I wanted to plan for it in the next month. Um, and sometimes by then I didn't even want whatever it was anymore. Um, but my word was, this is my money plan. This is where these dollars are going and it's not going anywhere else. And there may have been, you know, a, a miscellaneous amount for, you know, something that came up, but it had yep. to be all spending had to be in alignment with whatever I said my money was going towards. Otherwise yep. it's not getting purchased. And that's the level of discipline that is required. Like, cause if you say something and your word is diluted, by excuses, if your word is diluted by circumstances, if your word is diluted by peer pressure, you know, hey, girl, let's go. Nope. How, how is your wealth going to be solid if anybody can come up and say, hey, let's go spend some money? If it's that easy to get money out of your hand, you don't deserve the money. I'm j you just don't. So that's a fact. Your word <laughs> is very, very important. And keeping your word over the things that you can manage will enable you to keep your word over larger sums. Yep. Which we'll get into, which we'll get into. So it's kind of interesting that you mentioned some of those things because, all right, check this out. Spending habits, you know, the spending habits of us. You are where you spend your money and time. You know, you it's like you are who you spend your time around. Well, it's the same thing. You are who you spend, where you spend your money. So just think about that. Like, you know, there's a staggering, there's a staggering stat right there. Though it should be 4.6 just for correction. But again, oh, yeah. wealth, as you can see, U.S. wealth, if, if you look at the U.S. wealth across the entire board it sits at well and based upon this it sits at 95.9 but you guys get the you guys get the gist is about 90.9 percent and essentially there we sit at 4.6 yeah so mark this was based off of this numbers of yep. the um you know the trillions yep. so i want to see the visual and look at this little tiny sliver of wealth compared to the entirety of the u.s amount of wealth it's so small y'all yep which is going to get very much more interesting. You ready for this, Jolene? Yep. 
So I've talked about this before. I've talked about, you know, this this major thing. So here's some stats that came out as of uh, Q1 of 2022. I'm looking for the most up-to-date stat. If I can find it, I'll provide it. But in the stock market gains in Q1 of 2022, and these are realized gains, $51 trillion. That's a lot of money. And then when we think about like as it pertains to U.S. retirement assets as of Q1, $41 trillion. Now, the reason why I put these numbers up there is these are what is called wealth transfers. Mm. These are the two biggest wealth transfers that literally sit across the United States. Now, remember where we said that $140 something trillion as it pertains to wealth. You know, you're looking at two of the biggest staggering stats there. Now, the only thing I didn't mention in there was like, you know, real estate, but that would fall in third place. Now, this is also removing out like, you know, inheritance and stuff like that. Like, so removing those numbers out, this is ultimately the wealth transfer that it was as of Q1 of 2022. Now, okay, let's talk about like characteristics of money, shall we? Really quickly. And then we'll, we'll move on from this. All right. So characteristics of money, you know, pretty much the smart people with money, you know, they're future oriented. They're very calculated. They're patient and they're able to delay gratification. Are you this person? Lately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we're just talking about overall as a person. Like, you know, are you future oriented? Are you focused on the future? Or are you only just focused on the present? You know, I saw that there was a there was a couple that literally broke up because of the fact that you know, the person that they were in a relationship wanted to go to a Beyonce concert, but they were trying to save money to buy a house. And this person wanted to risk the money that they had just to go to a Beyonce concert and ultimately threw a fit. And then ultimately they broke up because of the fact that that person wanted to go to a Beyonce concert instead of focusing on their eyes on the prize. Mm. Real story, you know, and then on top of that calculated, like, you know, are you just the type of person that's very reactionary or do you sit back, you strategize and you're a very calculated person? Are you patient? Or are you the person that just needs that instant, I need it now? Are you willing to wait? And then also able to delay the gratification. Like, you know, understanding that patience is the time over the process. Like we say, growth is an uncomfortable process, but the pain is also the investment for the process. It's the investment for progress, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So if growth is an uncomfortable process, pain sometimes that you're going to feel during this process is going to be the investment that you pay for progress. And then also, are you able to, like I said, are you able to delay the, the, the gratification? Let's move on to the other and final thing, shall we? Mm -hmm. Before we get into, you know, some notes. All right. So three habits of those uh, individuals. They plan and I guess <laughs> they money plan wisely. <laughs> <laughs> they live within their means and they always find additional sources of income. Like, like Jolene had said, that's, that's literally how, how they do it. Like, you know, it's like, and that's why I always struggle for me. Like when I'm sitting back and watching all the folks that are like literally like flashy and everything else, because honestly, you know, real recognizes real and real recognizes that essentially that you don't have to be flashy in order to be wealthy. The most wealthiest folks out there, like simple, it's, it's a very simple process, but yet they love doing what they are doing. They love building it. And then when we think about legacy, legacy doesn't even start with you just understand this your legacy doesn't start with you it starts after you it comes after you you know when we talk about this whole generational wealth thing it's like you build it but yet at the same token you build it for the folks in whom which that will you know come after you you got to be in that transfer a part you got to be a participant in the wealth transfer you do like you you significantly do have to be a part of that you have to be a part of that process if not then essentially instead of being a part of the process then essentially you're more so taking away from the process. So let's get into it real quick because I know that people are like, okay, hey, Mark, you know, let's let's get into the into the nitty gritty as it pertains to some of the data, shall we? Yeah. So let's talk about this because I set forth this this uh, interesting uh, spreadsheet a while back. Uh, it's it, it, it kind of dates back a little bit. <laughs> 
Um, but hopefully everybody can see it. Um, and I'm going to just add them into the same thing so that way I can just maximize it for everybody out there. Let me know if you can. Is it good? Are we good? Yeah, I would. Mm, let me see if it needs to be bigger. I think it's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it should be big enough for everybody to see, but pretty much let's just do a quick breakdown of it, shall we? Mm -hmm. And so when we look at this, like this is like, say, for example, I used an example a long time ago. If a person makes 100K and they start off with only like with 30%, like, so let's just say you start off with 30%, but you're spending 70%, but you leave at least 30% aside. So that's 30K out of the 100K in which that you make, or let's say 22K or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then essentially it's like the goal is, is that you consistently deploy every quarter. Now, of course, this is built upon a leap option strategy, which we've talked about at nauseum, where it's like for those that don't understand leaps. I mean, there's a few episodes back in the starter pack where it kind of like enlightens you. But to just keep it simple, it's pretty much an options trade where essentially you're holding either for about a year, roughly two years. Uh, or you buy the two-year options call or or put, and you hold it for at least about a 12 to 18-month period, and then ultimately you let it go. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, because you know I've kept the percentages the same. None of the percentages on here have changed. So there's no astronomical percentages, none of that stuff. It just literally gives you a blueprint that if you just stay disciplined for X amount of time, then essentially you could set it away. And then essentially, like once you've reached a certain benchmark or a certain place, then essentially you can turn that into, let's say, a monthly dividend where now it's like this monthly dividend of cash flow literally becomes, say, for example, your annualized salary. So you're able to just live off of dividends alone. And then on top, and then on top of that, still have, you know, cash that's just kind of like sitting there where you can steadily keep, you know, working at it and deploying it. So just so that the people that are like listening understand, um, yep. if you do go back and watch this episode, um, the way that this spreadsheet is broken down is the first half of it. Um, it's all the way over here. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. So the first half would be um, in column, starting with column G. Um, mm -hmm. In column G, this is where the orange numbers are. That mm -hmm. shows, yeah, if you can highlight, perfect. That shows you the, if you're going to use the same amount every single quarter, that's the amount you're going to deploy every single quarter, right? It would be 7,500 every single quarter. And the second, the other half of this chart um, or the spreadsheet rather, starting in column B, this is if your amounts vary. So you have Correct. two different approaches. If you're going to, if you know you're going to have the same amount every time, then you look at the second half starting in column G. But if you know that your, you know, amounts are going to be different every quarter, then you're going to start with column B. But it's just important to know that um, whatever you're, you know, like by looking at this, as long as you are investing something, you're investing something every quarter, that's the whole key to this. So, okay, Mark's going to put in some numbers that um, we're going to start off with for, and Mark will walk us through what it looks like to deploy capital over the course of a year, starting with year one, Q1, $1,000. So $1,000 was deployed. And let's say that the person, you know, bought one contract at $1,000 and essentially that $1,000 netted at 150% return over 12 to 18 months on a target. Now, again, you know, that, you know, give or take, but again, it's like, okay, Hey, well that let's just say in a happy world that 150% turned into 2,500, 2,500 turned into 6,250, 
this turned into 4,500, this one turned into 7,500. Ultimately, you went from literally dropping in, what is this, you know, about close to six grand or seven grand, seven grand turned into, you know, pretty much $20,000 and $20,750. Now, of course, we kind of like divvy it out equally at this point. Now, of course, if you want to keep going and keep depositing and everything else, you can just add to it. But here's one of the interesting things that I, I kind of like run into, like, because it's pretty much just a process in which that every quarter you just do this. Now, let's say that, okay, Mark, I don't want to do this this quarter. All right, boom. We don't do it this quarter. And ultimately we say, all right, well, we're going to put in, let's say what was supposed to be 50%. We'll just do that. All right. So now the numbers have adjusted. Now let's just say, for example, like this position, you know, when you literally, say this one, what are you talking about? I'm, and and I'm, a, I'm, I'm in like year, end of year three, uh, this, this row or column B. Okay. So row seven, uh, column B. Let's say that this one produced no fruit. So it went kaput, didn't work out. And let's just say, the other one also, let's say that this also didn't work out. So you're saying year three, quarter three, or year one, yeah. two, three did not work out. You had a rough year. Okay, rough year. All right. Now notice you're still continuing on in the process. You're still moving forward. And as you continue out through the time period that nets you, where it's like you started off with something as simple as $7,000, mm -hmm. still turned into $105,000. And this is over the course of a year. This is well, over the course of five of years. Five, sorry. This year is end five. of year five. Mm -hmm. So at the end of year five, this is where we're at. The game has changed for you because again, it's like, you know, whatever it may be, but then you can still turn in that, like, let's say it, it may be like, okay, hey, you may need to do another year. Or if you're cool with that, then essentially it's like, all right, well, this nets you, let's say a thousand fifty. Well, you probably may continue on in a year, but don't forget about this side over here. So let's say that, okay, hey, this went kaput. Okay. That side is blown out. Let's say that, okay, you went all the way to year four, end of year four, and this got blown out, right? You still did okay. What's the return? You know, the return on this one is at 1.4. So $1.4 million at the end of year five. This five. is also five. And that's with, if you- You start off with an initial investment of $30,000. Of $30,000, okay. Divide it over. So oh. if you put them all together, then yeah, it's about one5 that essentially that you can you know total it out to and then again if you did it again let's say if you just kept this going in year six then that turns into you know 3.6 but then let's say that this didn't work out because you're dealing with large law of large numbers you still came out ahead versus say for example you know what you started so mark i really want to pause for a moment because this wrong the rolling fours is not only is it about discipline but it's also about not getting knocked off your square when you suffer losses in the market. So mm -hmm. as long as you are able to dust yourself off and yep. try again, shout out to Leah RP, then you are able to still quote unquote be in the game. Many folks, and feel free to tell yourself in the comments if you want to, but many folks got had suffered a loss and did not they return gave up. they gave up they just gave up yep and you know we know that's human nature right yep. but imagine if and these are conservative numbers so imagine if you didn't give up we are from a resilient people y'all so even the ancestors <laughs> did not give up otherwise we, we wouldn't be here so you got to take that same spirit when it comes to your wealth building because there will be years, y'all. 2021 was rough. <laughs> it will be years when money just escapes you. But then you come back. And as long as you are disciplined with the same amount, there is no way that you're going to keep losing and keep losing and keep losing.
Yeah, but I it's mean, like, you know, that's a part of the, like, honestly, it's like, and that's the part that really gets me where it's like, you know, it's like where it's like I had to like mind y'all. And mm -hmm. oh, Lord, the glasses are coming off. I had to sit back for four years and like literally sit back and watch people talk about, well, you know, hey, I did this right. I did this right. And it's like, well, you know, I had to sit back and watch everybody sit there and tell me or said that, well, not tell me directly, but indirectly and sit back and tell everybody that they're batting a thousand. You know, mm -hmm. you got folks that work out there on the, some of the best of traders that don't bat a thousand. Mm -hmm. You know, just think about it, like it just let's let common sense sink in real quick. If every person out there is batting a thousand, then don't you think that essentially that that 1.94 million people that look like us, you would see a much more staggering number as it pertains to folks in whom which they look wealthy. That number would be way bigger, Mark. It'd be way bigger. And I'm not to say that it can't be bigger because I strongly believe that it can, mm -hmm. but it has to be where it's like, okay, hey, let's, let's remove the ego aside. Let's remove the ulterior motives aside. And let's just focus on that. The fact that people that look like us or people that are underrepresented at the table, they need help. And it's like, they're not going to get the help that they, that they need by just essentially just like blinding people to flashy things you know, the truth always shines brighter than everything else. And so that's where we're focused on. Like, let's, it's time that we start telling each other the truth and saying, you know what, hey, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. Or essentially it's like, you know, all the things in which that you're seeing as it pertains to like folks out here that are saying that they're doing X, Y, Z, that's great. But yet at the same token, it's like, isn't it amazing that where they say that, but then everybody else around them isn't like, like, come on, we got to Like, we got to step forth with a little bit of reality. Like the goal here is, is that, you know, Okay, here's some questions in the chat. If you played a sport or if you did any type of extracurricular activity or if you just rode bikes during the summer, how many it, it, just just type yes or 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 type yeah, just type yes in chat. Okay. If you've ever fell if you ever fell off a bike, if you ever lost a game, if you ever lost a championship, you had a you suffered a heartbreaking loss or whatever it is, it was just so groundbreaking that essentially that okay, hey, it was tough. Okay. Now for all of those folks out there that are sitting back and saying yes, like think about, and I'll even make it even more realistic since we're all adults here. A lot of folks out there that have applied for jobs and only to be receiving no's and everything else. If you received a no, that's also a rejection. So somewhere in life, you receive some form of a rejection, but you are here, even though in spite of all those, all those rejections, you still probably know how to ride a bike, even though you probably scraped the crap out of your knee. You probably still know how to play the game of basketball or any sport. And you probably made the team maybe the next year or whatever it is, because you didn't quit. You kept going. You know, the ultimate objective is, is that, you know, winners don't quit just because of the fact that the other side decides to play. Like, and that's the part where it's like, you know, where life starts to, where life starts to starts to play along you still don't quit mm -hmm. like that's the point so you know for every entrepreneur out there entrepreneurs they get it for every person out there that works in medical or that's you know a strive for a college degree now mind you it's like you know i know that this is very much so relevant to each and every single person in this chat in this on this uh on this show today that's watching if you're at the sound of our voice or if you're watching later on you know, but I also want to speak to a young man that's sitting over there in Sacramento. He's 16 years old. He has his whole life ahead of him. His name is Richard Beasley. I'm speaking to you, Richard. You have your whole life ahead of you. You have so many opportunities that await you. You're going to run into so many different obstacles in your life. This is going to be one of those lessons where it's like, okay, hey, don't let life beat you. If you want to be a winner, you're going to have to go through losses. You're going to have to understand loss in order for that win to come out so much more sweeter. So just remember this. You heard it from me. And I dedicate this episode to Richard, a young 16 year old, like I said, who has his whole life ahead of him that is looking for direction, that is looking for purpose and everything else.
you know, in order to go, in order to become a winner, you know, you have to understand what the other side feels like, because then again, it makes all the winning so much sweeter in the end. It does. Stay in the course. Stay in the course. That's what it's about. It's about, it's like, that's literally what it's about. You know, it's, it's more so in the sense of like, you know, you know, it's like, we don't wait for Superman because honestly, it's like, every, and that's the crazy part because everybody in this life wants to be Superman. I'd rather be Batman. Y'all know why. <laughs> So we don't have to rehash that. But, you know, the goal is, is that essentially that you're going to become better at something. You're going to go through moments in which that is going to feel bleak. But yet the thing, the thing is, don't give up on yourself. You know, you're going to have a moment where it's just like, oh, man, this sucked. But it's like the question is, if you can learn and that's where the thing is, like for every, you know, loss, you know, that like Jolyn has said, there's money signs in there because that's two money signs in which that the first lesson that you learn. You know, the first L is the lesson. And then essentially the two S's that you see that are within the loss let you know that there's still opportunity because of the fact that there's an O before the S. So learn opportunities and then ultimately strategize and then secure. Get that money. That's <laughs> <laughs> the assignment, y'all. Don't fail the assignment. Get that. And, that, and that's the beautiful part. Like I, you know, I, I raise my glass towards, you know, or my, my, my wonderful bottle of water. I raise, you know, the hydration to each and every single one of you. That ultimately stayed the course over four years, that stuck to it even when it was tough, that stuck with it, even though it's like, you know, there were so many other distractions and everything else. You know, like I said, it's going to take discipline and you're going to have to stand on it. Yeah. So long after, you know, the lives are the I better start saying YouTube lives. It sounds like we're talking about our own actual lives. <laughs> YouTube lives. Yes. Long after the YouTube lives are done next year, you all that are graduated will be seniors out there, you know, in the world. And you can still like some people may honestly need to start all over. And that's, that's okay. okay too. The the key word in start over is starting. So you starting yeah. all over and maybe for those that are just now looking at this, um, you know, maybe you don't have that much capital. So you start with the smaller number, whatever amount that you have, you start with that and you be consistent and then continue to build and add to it. And don't look at everybody else's situation. Don't look at everybody else's portfolio and everything else, because looking at their portfolio, that has nothing to do with you. It doesn't. You know, you're going to sit back and you're going to look at what everybody else over there is making. But yet all the while that you're sitting back and being a spectator, you're not doing anything. You know, becoming like building wealth is a process that is continuous over time. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you just wake up like the lottery and it's like you hit the right numbers and then boom, there it is. That's not how it, that's not how it goes. Like, you know, and that's OK it's okay with starting over because of the fact is, is that you come back stronger than when you started. You know, that's the process in which that we build up. Like, you know, everybody knows that one of my favorite athletes of all time is LeBron James. You know, LeBron James has gone to so many NBA finals back to back, though that he lost X amount. But yet the same thing is like, there's certain things to be said in the sense that he made it to the NBA finals. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He kept going. You know, that's part of the process. Like, you know, and like I said, when you make it, it's like, you're going to want to say like, here's the cool thing about like, you know, doing awesome things. And I'll speak to it on behalf as an entrepreneur and I'll speak to it on behalf as a, an, as a trader, you know, because they're, they're pretty much the same thing. They're universal. Once you've experienced it for the first time, like once you've experienced like that pinnacle, that pinnacle that you've reached in life, you're like, oh man, I can't wait to get here again. I want to, I want to go even higher and everything else. But then it's like, it's kind of crazy because once you've reached that pinnacle and I'm giving like, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing life with some of y'all because some of y'all are like, you know, hey, well, what does it feel like? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it feels like. 
you're going to have an amazing moment. You're going to have that amazing moment where it's like so euphoric, where it's like, I never want this to end. But then also life says, okay, hey, you know, all right, great moment. And then tomorrow comes around. And then the day after that comes around and you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then the crazy part about it is you want to make it back. And then when you do make it back, that feeling is totally different. It's not the same feeling once you had that first one. And now it's like, you know, for people like me, you know, my success is more so in the sense that, yeah, I still am aiming after, you know, that same, you know, that higher monetary success, you know, and everything else and, and achieving and going higher. But the crazy part about it is, especially like I said, when we talk about things like legacy, it's more so in the sense of like, okay, hey, you witness it differently when you see it in the eyes of other people, when you see them going through it and they like they stuck to the blueprint or they understood the process and everything else. That's the reason why I salute each and every single one of the folks in whom which that stayed tried and true for the four years, because of the fact the fact is, is that, you know, that's what it feels like for me when I see other people make it. So that's the thing that I want each and every single one of you guys to like definitely pay attention to um, and just focus, you know, learn from, of course, learn from losses, learn from the, learn from the process. Also be very diligent. You know, there's going to be moments in time when you're going to, when you're going to want to get off of your square, even when you're not losing, there's going to be moments where it's like, you know, life is going to probably try to throw you a curveball. And, you know, you're going to have to deal with it. But yet at the same token, stay disciplined, stay focused. And here's the crazy part of, I, I tend to find. If you're very focused on what it is that you want to achieve in life, then essentially, even though that life is going to throw its many different, you know, situations or curveballs at you, however you see it, you know, the thing is, is that you still want to get back to it and keep going. Like, and it's like the folks in whom which that like tend to like that I, I find that tend to just quit. It's not the fact that they never really had it in them, because I believe that every single one of you at the sound of my voice or the folks that are watching or the folks that will watch in the future, you know, you all have it in you question is is that the motives and everything else and the and the the reason why you're doing it maybe that wasn't strong enough to ultimately hold because when you really want something bad enough when you're really motivated and even when you go through rough times you're still going to keep going and that's and that's the point so again um that's the look back you know I, like i hope that you know you guys saw the multi the multi different variations and the multi dimensions in this conversation where we talked about you know the rudimentary the fundamentals but then also this was specifically, if you come back and replay it, you'll see that this was definitely a look back. It's a look back from our perspective, looking back over the past four years. It's a look back from me looking at my perspective from, you know, ultimately, how is it that I got here? Ultimately, here's the funny thing. And it still remains right and true. We've already shown you what the finish line looks like, because you know why you, you here's here's the if you didn't get it by now, like we were like, OK, hey, how did you show us the finish line? Because you see us like you see what it looks like when like, you know, we've made it to that finish line. Now, of course, we're running a whole different race because the marathon continues, but we finished that first marathon. So we understand what it's like to go through that first marathon. We're just letting you know, don't give up. Keep going. You'll make it through the marathon. So that's the look back. Thank you guys for watching. Jolyn, did I miss anything? No, you got everything. I was keeping track. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for watching. Um, you know, I'm really excited as we go into our, you know, into this, the end of the season. Uh, and, you know, who knows what the series finale will, will look like. You never know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited for all the things, you know, in which that, you know, this channel has been able to build, you know, the community and everything else. You know, I, you know, I'm truly, truly grateful. I really, truly am grateful. And so, you know, stay focused, stay disciplined. And ultimately, make sure that your why is strong enough that propels you to keep going. 
until next time, I'm Mark Monroe. And I'm Jill NGC in the place called Free. <laughs> and this has been Executive Education, y'all. Thank you for watching. We'll see y'all in the next one. Peace, y'all. Thank you.